Across the world, there are rivers, footpaths, mountain passes, dirt roads, and deserts that lead to lost and remote people. There is no way to reach them and no easy way to find them. Because of the difficulty, these people groups are being forgotten and generations are passing not knowing the name of Jesus. Yet there are some of us in the church that have committed our lives to being the ones to make Christ known in these rural and hard to reach places. By boats, trucks, dirt bikes, and planes, we are traveling millions of miles every year in finding the forgotten. And they, in response, are saying yes to a relationship with their Savior. Despite the efforts of our team, there are still thousands of people groups waiting for someone to speak to them so they might hear and believe. The body of Christ is big enough, strong enough, and equipped enough to be more than enough to the world. Jesus has called you. The people are waiting on you. We, we believe, believe in, you. in you. Will, Will you, you join, join us? us? All right, what an opportunity, church. Yeah, man, we are, uh, good morning, good to see you. Church on the Rock is going to go to Zambia, everybody, and you're invited to participate, okay? And so the video that you just saw uh, is a video that is put together by an incredible organization that we believe that God is calling us to partner with. They're called Overland Missions. And so this opportunity ran up on us quickly, and so we are getting the word out quickly. And so if you are in this room or you're tuning in online and you say to yourself, man, I want to go, like that, that is me. Uh, you have the opportunity to learn more about joining us in Zambia, Africa in July, okay? So it's going to happen in this summer, and so we would love to invite you to go. We can take, I'm going to say, about a dozen of us, okay, about. There might be a few, few more, but if that's you and you say, tell me more, how do I know? We are going to be having an interest meeting next door at the building that we owned. Some of you checked your kids into that very space this morning, and we're going to be having an interest meeting Tuesday night. It's going to start at 6.30, everybody. <laughs> All right, so Tuesday night, 6.30, next door, we're going to have an interest meeting, and one of Overland's missionaries, full-time missionaries, will be with us to explain the expedition, to explain what we would do, to talk to us about, well, how do I prepare to go, and how do I know if this is right for me in this season, et cetera, et cetera, and she'll unpack all that information. Pastor Juan will be there, myself, we'll just, we'll just talk about the trip, and we'll see if it fits your pistol to go and be a part of this trip. Does that sound good, everybody? Now, you might be saying, well, well, dang, like, I can't be there Tuesday. I work, or I live in another state, or whatever, because I know we have a lot of people that tune in from other locations, and you do not have to be a part of, a, like, St. Augustine to participate in this church. So this is super important. If you want to know more, you need to be getting our weekly newsletter. All right, you can go to our website, cotr.live, all right, and sign up for that newsletter, and this coming week, you're going to get a very special, like a one-off. We always send one on Friday. You're going to get one in addition to that that will talk to you more about this trip. And we will have the recording of the interest meeting locked and loaded, link sent to you so that you can learn if this fits for you and if you can do that. Does that make sense, everybody? So if you don't get the newsletter, you need the newsletter. Look at the person to your left and tell them you need the newsletter. You need it. Everybody's head went to one direction. You're like, I don't know who to talk to. Now tell the person on the other side, get the newsletter. <laughs> Outstanding. You guys ready to get into God's word this morning? All right, if you're ready, say ready. 
Let's go. So if we've not met, my name is Josh. I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock, and I love it, everybody. And so this year, we've been in a series that we've been calling Heart Check. All right, so if you've been tracking with us, you, you know all about it. That in this, in this start of the year, we, we decided, man, let, let's, do something. let's do something different as a church. Rather than start the year with resolution thinking, what if we start our year with revelation? What if we just allow the power of God's word to speak into our lives in a way that would truly transform us from the inside out? And so we have been in this series that we've been calling Heart Check. We're checking the most important thing that we have our hearts. And we've talked about the attitude of our heart. We've talked about the action of our heart. We've talked about hearts that forgive. And today we're going to talk about hearts that trust. And we've been teaching out of Matthew chapter 6, which is a portion of Jesus's probably best sermon, longest sermon. It's the Sermon on the Mount, everybody. And he is just teaching like crazy, and Jesus is just dropping hammers, y'all. I mean, one heavy thing after another. He is just coming with it and just communicating these powerful truths in just succession to one another. It is unbelievable and amazing. So we're going to go deeper today as we get into Matthew chapter 6, but let's start where we've started every week. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says this, to guard your heart what? Above all else. Above all else, guard your heart. Like, if there's anything at all to pay attention to, it would be the protection of your heart. And then there, it gives us the reason why, because it determines the course of your life. Some translations would say that everything you do flows from there. And so the question kind of is like, well, what's my heart? What's my heart? That's like you. That's like you on the inside. That's like the deep. It's not just like the, the pump. It's not just the ticker, as they might call it. Like the heart in Scripture is talking about who you really are, who God created you to be. And the Bible says that we should guard our hearts more than anything else because it determines the course of our entire lives. And so let's get into this a little bit further as Jesus is unpacking some powerful things in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read some scripture. You ready? Uh, we're going to start today in verse 25. So we're, so we're moving on just a little bit further in the text from what we've been studying over the past three weeks. And these are the words of Jesus. If you have a red letter edition Bible, these words would be in red when you read them. It says this, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. And how many of you know, let's just pause right there a second. How many of you know it's a lot easier said than done? Like, don't worry, be happy. It's like a nice song and we can sing it. The living that is a whole different thing. I think we could agree. But Jesus is like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about stuff. Don't worry about life. Don't worry about it. It's like, okay, amen. But dang, like that's pretty tough. But then he asks a question that we're going to key on today. He says this, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? We're going to key in right there today. And then he says, look at the birds. I love Jesus' preaching because he, he uses allegory, he uses parallels, he uses pictures. Uh, I just think it's great. So he, so he uses this example. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? A lot of questions. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares 
so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? Come on, the fast is over. So you're probably asking that question today. What are we going to eat for lunch today? Come on, how many of you guys are excited to get to watch football with food? Come on, that's exciting. I know, I know, right? All right, here we go. So he's like, all these questions that, that we want to ask, what will we eat? And what will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And notice here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, super popular verse out of the Bible here. Seek the kingdom of God. And what are those words that come next? Hmm. Well, that's interesting because we just read out of Proverbs chapter 4. And it said, guard your heart. What? Uh-oh. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Can we talk about the elephant in the room real quick? We just read two scriptures. And one of them says, guard your heart above all else. And then we read another scripture, and it says, seek the kingdom above all else. Now, if you're anything like me, I'm like, what's up with that? And if you're a skeptic of the Bible or Christianity as a faith, you might protest that's the conflict right there. See, it is going against itself. And so the question that I would ask is just the question that I ask, well, which is it? I'm going to give you the answer. You ready? The answer is yes. <laughs> I'm going to submit to you today that to seek the kingdom above all else is to guard your heart above all else. Jesus, just pay attention to it when you're reading in your Bible and you're going through the Gospels and you're hearing the words and the language and the teachings of Jesus, the conversations that he's having and the interactions that, he ha that he's having with disciples and religious people and people that he's encountering and healing or, or whatever it is that he's doing. Just pay attention to the thematic reality of how often Jesus refers to the kingdom. And this is important to understand because in, in, this, in this reality where Jesus came, here's what everybody expected. They expected a king. And they expected a king that was going to build an army and was going to overthrow Rome. This is what people were looking for. When you said Messiah, they're like, yeah, we need a champion, a warrior, a fighter. That's what we're looking for. And they're going to get us out of all this bondage and oppression that we're in. Come on, Messiah, come be that person. Jesus shows up, this prophesied king. He was born king. We looked at that in December, remember that last month, that he was just born king. He didn't become the king. He was born that way. And then Jesus shows up on the scene and starts to really legitimize himself, fulfilling prophecy and doing some pretty wild things like, yo, what's up, bro? You can't walk? No problem. Stand up. I got your back. And people are like, what is going on? He starts getting all kinds of attention and all this, all this uh, it, like, like celebrity sort of thing starts happening to Jesus. And as we, I'm about to preach the whole Bible in two minutes, right? Remember at one hand, he's just riding in on a donkey and they're like, you're the man. You're awesome. We love you. Woo! And then days later, those same voices are saying, hang that dude on a cross, crucify him. Same thing. It's interesting because Jesus is, is perpetually talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. 
And here's what Jesus is trying to get us to understand is that there is a kingdom or a way in which the world operates and the flesh and the carnal and the day-to-day real stuff that we live in. And then there's this kingdom that exists that is his and it is spiritual and it is different than that. And so for you and I to be born into the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the world, because really Satan's kind of got it, and we're born into this, all we really know is the carnality of our lives, the realness of the world around us, and then we come to this understanding, this saving knowledge of Christ Jesus. Something changes on the inside, and we get this recognition of who Christ Jesus is, that because of his sacrifice on the cross for my sin, that counted for me. And because of his completed work, not my own, I can accept a free gift of salvation. I can step in to that gift and receive what he has offered to me. I become an adopted son or daughter in the kingdom of the living God. But when we step into that, we have to learn. It's like, I don't know this kingdom because I'm new to it. And so I've got to figure out how to navigate the kingdom of darkness that I'm just born into and live in and then learn and understand the kingdom that you are preaching, Jesus, and the kingdom that I've been adopted into. And it's a difficult thing to do. You ever started a new job? Like a job that's different than any other job you've ever had? And you just sort of like roll up in there and you're like, what's up? I feel like like I'm good for y'all, but I don't even, like I don't know the culture or the language, I don't really know how things work, but I'm just trying to figure all that out. And it takes you a little while, doesn't it? it takes you a little while. Who's, who's ever been in the military before? It's like a whole nother language. Like everything's abbreviated. Everything's like SOP and DTR and it's just whatever, you know what I mean? And it's just all this stuff. And you're just like, I don't even know what you mean. And then you learn these universal words like hua, like hua, what's that mean? Everything, it means everything. It's answered all the questions. But you figure it out. You figure because you, you get in it and you get rhythmic and you understand what dress right dress means and you understand all these things. Like when they say drop, push, you, you know, it's like if I just said that to a civilian, they're like, what, 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 what did you just say to me? Say that to a soldier, they're just like, okay, what I do wrong, right? Because you learn it. You figure it out. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God that this is a life that we have to learn and understand. And I think it's pivotal to start by understanding that there's a dynamic difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of Christ Jesus the kingdom of God. Amen. And so here goes Jesus in this text. And he starts talking about the most like natural, common, everyday realities that real people deal with. And again, this is what I love about Jesus' preaching because he just he talks to real people in real ways. It's not like so super spiritual that, that you're like, I don't even know what he meant, even though there was a lot of that too, I guess. But he got very practical about the way that he would teach. And so he's, he's giving this message and he's talking about these real things like, what am I gonna eat? And what am I gonna wear? And how am I gonna pay my bills? And how am I gonna take care of my family? And how am I gonna replace the broken thing? And, and how am I gonna have a nest egg for when something goes wrong? And he starts talking about all this stuff and there's something that I want us to recognize, okay? Because he's like, hey, don't worry about all that. Don't worry about it. And then he compares you to a lily, which is interesting. Is I'm not even sure I know what a lily looks like in terms of flower. Now I have a goddaughter. Her name's Lily. I know what she looks like. She's beautiful and the cutest little thing ever. I know that. But it doesn't, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not all that encouraged. I'm just real, right? Like, it's like, God, I was a soldier, man, and you just compared me to a lily. I, I'm not sure, I'm, not sure I'm, I'm enjoying the parallel here. And it's easy, I think it's easy to say, 
hey, you see how God takes care of the lilies. He'll take care of you too. I honestly think it's a pretty easy thing to say. It's a whole different thing to try to live. It's really different. Because I could remind myself every time that I don't have the money to pay the bill, I could be like, well, God takes care of the lilies. But it may not change, like, the thing that's happening in my stomach or the speed of my mind to try to sort out what I don't really know what to do and I'm not really sure what's best. And come on, I'm just trying to talk to real people. But Jesus said in, in the 33rd verse, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Some translations would say, seek first the kingdom, and then all these things will be added unto you as well. And so I want us to recognize something, that Jesus didn't say this stuff doesn't matter. Jesus said it doesn't matter most. The question that he asked in the 25th verse was, isn't life more than food? And the body more than clothing? And I believe this is what Jesus is trying to get us to do is to elevate above the temporary. There's a preacher that I love to listen to and he has this saying that he will often say and I, and I love it and I appreciate it because it challenges my heart and my mind in the right way. And here's what he says. There's more to this life than this life. It helps me to remember that there is a temporary reality that I live in. I think it's important to feed my family. I do. With all my heart. That's why I work hard. That's why I get up on time. And that's why I stay late if I have to. And that's why I'll have multiple jobs if it's necessary or whatever it takes. Because... I think that's important, but it's, there's more than that. And so I have to live in that reality, but I also have to live in the reality that there's more to this life than this life. And Jesus asked the question, isn't there more to this life? And the answer is yes. And here's what I respect so much about Jesus. And of course he is Jesus, right? So he doesn't need my affirmation to be who he is. Like in this one chapter, this portion of a sermon that he's preaching, he has dropped some heavy things on the listener of this message. I mean, he's talked about things that like, that like a lot of like comfortable Sunday morning church going people might not want to hear. Like if you're the follower of Jesus that just wants to be comfortable all the time, this message ain't going to serve you because Jesus is dropping bombs. He's like, yeah, when you pray. And some of us are like, well, I probably ought to. And when you give, and some of us are like, uh, yeah, I don't do that. And when you fast, like who talks about that? Who does that crazy practice? What? And then he starts talking about forgiveness. And Pastor Juan crushed it last Sunday when he talked about forgiveness and talked about Jesus forgiving while he was on the cross in the midst of his pain. He didn't wait till Sunday when the tomb was empty and he's walking through walls like, what's up? I'm back. It wasn't like Jesus was like, hey, look, you know what? It's all behind me now. That was days ago. I'm good. You're forgiven. Jesus was forgiving on the cross in the midst of his pain and he's talking about forgiveness to us and then he gets into this whole thing. Like it's the next verses. He just gets right into this. Like don't worry about all that stuff and you're kind of like, it's making me a little uncomfortable because I do. 
And it's interesting because the question really that we have to, to wrestle with is like, where is my trust? Because it's easy to get my trust put in other things. It's really, really easy. It's easy to get my trust put in like my status or my title or how many followers I have. Come on, students. I know it matters, right? Man, I've got more than them or they're following me and listen, all that stuff. And I know that that's, that's a big deal, but it's easy to get our trust put in the wrong places. And here comes Jesus. Put on your seat. Turn to the person next and say, just put your seatbelt on. Here it comes. Tell him. Tell him. Here comes Jesus right after talking about fasting and praying and giving and forgiving. And then the very next thing he wants to talk about is your money. And it's like, ah, oh, man, because you're all up in my business now. Like you're all up in my business. And I'm just going to prove to you that he's talking about our money because the verse right before the, the verses we read, the 24th verse, he says this, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. And watch what he says. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Some translations say that you can't serve God and mammon, which would have uniquely identified the name of a God that people would worship for possession and things and stuff. And Jesus, in his sermon, he just punches that right in the mouth. He's just like, Boom, you can't serve both because in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, you're going to have to recognize that there's more to this life than this life. And so if you're thinking to yourself like, oh my gosh, Pastor Josh, are you about to talk about money? Yes. Okay. And then you're like, well, why are you going to talk about money? Because Jesus did. That's why. All right. And he talked about it an awful lot. Now I know what you're thinking, like, oh man, I've heard this in church before. Well, you've heard poor teaching before. I'm going to give you the gospel. All right. And then I would also say this, that you know who knows now that we're going to talk about money and they're not nervous? Generous people. <laughs> I would like to remind us all that God does not need our money. He doesn't. If you read the accounts of heaven and what it looks like, there's like gold-paved streets, walls made of jasper. Like, here's the thing, everybody. When Jesus starts teaching in this invasive way that stands all over our feelings and the things that we hold so dear, he is not interested in our bank accounts. What he is interested in is our hearts. That's what he's interested in. And it's interesting, too, because I think Jesus goes here on purpose. Because I, I believe the answer to this question that I'm about to ask, and the question is this, of all the things, of all the things that it is easiest to shift your focus and trust to other than God, I would say, is our money. Think about it for a moment. No, it's my job, right, because it pays that great salary. No, 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 I don't, know if that, I don't know if that matters to me. Well, when the lights go out, and it's 118 degrees because we live on this peninsula. <laughs> I'm not bitter. And the air conditioner is not working. Money could fix it. 
you just pay the bill and it would come on. You see what I'm saying? I have a mentor uh, that I love very much, a, cl- a close, close friend to me. Uh, you, many of you know him and love him. His name's Charlie, and I, I call them Charlieisms. I got all these one-liner Charlieisms that have just been etched into my mind and tattooed into my heart. And one of the things that uh, that he says is this, and I love it because I think it's true. He says, "Hey, money is not oxygen, but it's close." And I love that phrase because here's what he's essentially saying. It is not the most important thing that really matters, doesn't it? And here's what I want us to look at is that Jesus, when he starts getting into this everyday life thing, don't worry about it. Do this and do this and seek first the kingdom. Like you need, you need to understand more than the life that you're living and the chaos and the struggles and the stresses and all the things that happen. I want you to seek the kingdom first because if you can get a kingdom mindset, if you can get your heart guarded against the distractions of the kingdom of darkness, it'll elevate your thinking. Your heart will go to another place. And if you can get the kingdom of God, the first thing that you seek, it'll transform the way you think about everything that's going on around you. He's not interested in your money. He's interested in your heart. And in the 21st verse, he proves it when he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. Which is why, and I'm I'm very quickly, and we're going to transition because, listen, today's message is not about money. It's about trust. But this is why when the Bible talks about things like returning the tithe into the storehouse and giving what you've decided in your heart to give and having this generosity way of thinking. The the reason that scripture unpacks and teaches us these types of things is because it wants to teach us that God should always be first. The Bible says, return the first fruits of your increase. Why? Because Jesus was God's first and his best. And in return, to be a follower of Christ Jesus, he asks us for our first and our best. We're gonna talk about this more this year because I believe God's calling us to as a church. And some of us struggle with trusting God. Some of us don't forgive because we don't trust God. Some of us don't give because we don't trust God. Some of us don't like fully lean into what God's calling us to do. We're not obedient because we don't trust God. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, it says this. Trust in the Lord with what? All of it. All your heart. And then here, here it is. Here's the mechanical part that gets really, really hard. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what path to take. Can I preach for one moment? Just one moment. Some of our problems, yours, mine, is that we try to understand the infinite God of the universe. And I would just submit to us that if we can fit God into our limited minds, Doesn't that scare you? I can't even do math very well, okay? 
I'm not the smartest guy in this room, and I know it, and I'll admit it right now. Much less understand what God's trying to do in the entire scope of the world around me. And so Jesus is saying, you just seek the kingdom more than anything. It'll guard your heart above all else. Man, if you can trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart, and don't depend on your own understanding, because I think, that, or I know that you think you know. I know you think you know, and I know that you think you've got this figured out, and I know that you ask questions that seem like they make sense to you, but if you'll trust me, and if you'll just seek the kingdom and guard your heart, if you can elevate out of the kingdom of darkness that you're surrounded by and lean into the kingdom of God, you'll see feel and experience things in unique and different ways. You will watch me move at a different level, at a different operation. God will begin to use you like never before. You'll have peace like never before. You can be in the midst of the chaos of your life and not understand any of the things going on around you and be able to stand firm and say, I don't get what's going on in my circumstance, but I know that God is good. I know that God has me and I know that he's carrying me through this. That is what it is like to live in this life. With Jesus at the center, it really is. I'm just telling you that there's, there's, a, there's a false way of thinking in a lot of people that, man, if I just give my life to Christ and I show up to church every Sunday and, and I go to that small group and I serve and I do those things, that we just think, that, man, like everything's just going to be like cotton candy and butterflies. Yeah, because I did right, he'll do right by me, but that's not how the kingdom of darkness works. We still live here on this earth. So we have to fight for a kingdom of God mindset and elevate that above all else. Seek the kingdom. Seek, pursue. You ever played hide and seek? Ready or not, here I come. And then what do you do? You go looking. It's not that hard. If you never know the answer in church, it's Jesus every time. It's like, what do you do? Jesus. Amen. Good job. That came from Derek. Y'all remember that? You go looking, and when we seek, we find. The, read the scripture, man. It's so full of promises about pursuing the Lord and, and finding him there. James 4, 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Jeremiah 33, just read the whole thing. Seek him, man, with all your heart, and he'll show you things you didn't even know. The, the, seek, and you will find. Knock, and I will answer, like all over, repetitively, all through scripture, but it's a pursuit and it's difficult to get our mindsets above the kingdom of darkness and seek first the kingdom of God. But when we do, freedom is found there. So here's the big question of the day. Here you go. It's going on the screen. In what way, in what way is God asking you to trust him? How's he asking you to trust him? Now, some of you know the answer now. Like, right, you're like, duh. Why'd you say that, preacher? And then others are like, I don't really know. I got, I got to pray about this. And I got to think about this. But I would love for us to ask this question, in what way is God asking us to trust him? Because the truth of the matter is, 100% of the people in this room, myself included, of course, is probably lacking trust in God somewhere about something. We probably are. And I just think that we should be honest. You should always be honest with you. You should. I wish I had more time. But you should always be honest with you. Because that'll, that'll set you free. If you have a bad attitude, just admit it to yourself. If you have a bad temper, just own that in the mirror. Own it. Okay? If you are terrible with your finances, just be honest and say that out loud to yourself. If you are not a good husband, say that in the mirror. 
If you know that you can step it up as a business person or as an employee, just be real with yourself and then have a course of action to improve that reality. Trust God with it. Amen. That was bonus, not even my notes. So when it comes to trusting, and we're closing right here, but when it comes to trusting, we, we always have to go back to what is sound and what is true. If you've been around Church on the Rock for any length of time, you've heard me say this. But we always drift in what? Finish it for me. In the wrong direction. Every single time. We just, when we drift, we drift in the wrong direction. There's a, there's a song by a band, Aaron, and uh, it's called Slow Fade. You ever heard it? It's a slow fade. It's a good song, lyrically, regardless of what others think. It's a good song. And, and here's the deal. It, it talks about how when we, when we fall off the wagon, it tends to happen slowly. It talks about when black and white, they turn to gray. It's a slow fade. Like most people don't wake up in the morning and they're like, you know what? This is the day. I'm wrecking it. I'm wrecking my whole life today. You know why? Because it's Tuesday. Why not? I, it doesn't really happen that way. Something gets them there over time, right? I mean, have you ever just found yourself on the couch and you're just accidentally eating carrots? Ever? <laughs> Nobody. I mean, not even the vegetarians. You don't even do that. Come on, man. My point is simple, and you get it. Anything worth having is uphill, man, and it takes focus and effort and energy. You want a good marriage? Put your heart into it, man. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greenest where you water it. All right, you want that fire to burn? Then put some logs in there and kindle it, right? I mean, my point is that it, everything takes some effort. So what do we do? We have to go back to what is sound and what is true. And so as followers of Jesus, here are the things that we go back to, constantly have to go back to in order to maintain a kingdom mindset, in order to make sure that we are seeking the kingdom, man, that we are guarding our hearts above, above all else. And here's just the short list, okay? Here's what we go back to. We go back to God's word. Listen to me very carefully, all right? I don't, I don't even care if you disagree with me at all. But the Bible is the absolute truth of God. It is. It is what it is, okay? And that's what we preach, and that's how we preach it. And so if you don't like that, whatever, you can hang around as long as you want, but that's what you're going to get here. And we have to go back to what has sounded true. And as followers of Jesus, my life should adjust, pivot, and audit according to the Word of God and nothing else, and the word of God should not pivot, change, or audit because of me. That's backwards. Okay. So it is imperative that we go back to the word of God. How do we do that? Well, I mean, like daily would be a good idea, man. Get into the word of God. Go there. Get into the word every single, every single day. Get the version Bible app on your phone and let it help you go to God's word every day if you need help. Maybe you're just good about it. You know, like you just love the Bible and you got notepads and journal. That's awesome, man. Get in there every day. We go back to God's word every single Sunday where we preach the word of truth in our church and that's how we come. And there are some of you in this room, right? And it's okay, by the way, it's just where you are. But there are some of you in, in this room, like this is the only way you get truth. 
So, so I would suggest don't make church an option, make it a priority. Don't say, well, I might go if it's not raining or less than 72 perfect Florida degrees. Just go to church. Amen. We go back to the word in, in groups. We go back to the word in worship, man. We sing the words of God. Like, go back, go back, go back. Why? Because it's sound and true, and it'll keep me from drifting. It'll guard my heart. It'll give me a kingdom mindset. Are you with me? We also go back to things like fasting and prayer, which is a little crazy, but it's what Jesus calls us to. And I think that every single one of us that did fast would admit that there's something that you, there's, I can't even give you an equation of how it equals what it equals, but it does something, doesn't it? Deep in the spirit man or woman on the inside, it just does something. When we willfully put our flesh on the side and say, I will choose to sacrifice my flesh and I will choose to replace it with spiritual nourishment, there is just something about it, man. Because we're drawing near to God and he can't resist us, man. It's just like, I'm in, come on. I love you, buddy. Like, I, I just feel like sometimes God says that to me, which is a little crazy, but he does. But we go back to God's word. And we go back to fasting. We go back to prayer, man. We go back to things that are sound and true. We even go back to giving. And I know that seems like, yeah, but God, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense because I lean not on my own understanding. I trust you. And God, if this is what you ask for, then this is what I will do because I don't do what I think is best. I do what you say is best because I seek the kingdom above all things. I guard my heart against the distraction or the lie that you are somebody that wants to take from me. I trust that you are a God that wants to pour into me, strengthen me. I trust you, God. That's why I take this action right here. Are you with me? Even in our family, by the way, it just, I don't have time for this, but I'll give it to you quick, okay? I, I, would, I would say, and my wife's right here, but like every bill that we pay, every single one is like electronic. It just bloop, like it happens. It just drafts. We got an account, and it just, you know, we put the money in there, and, the, and they just take it. And technology makes it super easy. We even, we even give electronically. Like so so we, we, we use the push pay app that a lot of you use, and we just, we just push it. And it's just a choice that our family has made. Okay, whatever, you do it any way you want. But that does not draft automatically. Our tithe is the first thing we do and we move it. Every single time we get paid, so we have money meetings, my wife and I, and we talk about our finances and our budget. We budget, that'll set you free. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we do everything we can to like to live beneath our means, quite frankly, budget and we pray over our money. And the first thing we do every time we get paid is push, we call it push the tithe. We do it, we manually make the transfer, and do the thing, why? We're guarding our hearts, seeking the kingdom above all else. This is an action that we willingly do to make sure the kingdom is our first pursuit. Okay, and then finally, this is my last one is that we go back to communion. This is not even an exhaustive list, but it's things. These are things that like followers of Christ, we do. And some of you are wondering like, how in the world are you gonna turn this into communion? Because we're about to receive communion together. But I'm gonna show you exactly how we're gonna turn this into communion because if there is anything, and I mean anything, that you and I can trust 
more than anything. It is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for our sins. And Jesus had an understanding enough to say, hey, you should go back and do this. You should always go back to this. We're gonna get into that in just a moment. But here's what I wanna invite us to do. Go ahead, if you would, and turn the house lights off. We are going to, every head bowed, every eye closed. How about that? Everybody, all across the auditorium. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all across the auditorium. We're about to receive communion as a church, like the whole church. We're about to do it together. We have one response today to the gospel, and that is that we're going to partake communion together. But here's the thing. Communion is designed for those who are followers of Jesus. And maybe you came this morning or you're tuning in online, and you're like, I want to participate. I want to lean in and guard my heart. I want to I want to trust Jesus with my salvation. I want to be kingdom-minded. I want to understand the kingdom of God, not just the kingdom of darkness that I have to live in. And right now in this moment, right now in this moment, you're saying, yeah, I need to step into a relationship with Jesus. Let me say it this way. You're saying I need to trust Jesus with my salvation. If that's you, then here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to repeat a very simple prayer after me. Everybody around you is gonna repeat it with you because I want you to be able to say it with boldness and with confidence. This moment is for you and it is between you and God. Baptism is your next step and we'd love for you to take that step. That's the public expression. Here's our prayer. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me, make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's congratulate those that may have said that prayer. Let's stand to our feet all across the auditorium and in the balcony.